This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The Glossing Detangler and Perfect Conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. Hey guys, it's Alana and you're listening to Seeing Other People Unfiltered. It's Thursday, so that means real life daters are coming on to share their real, sometimes shocking, and always unfiltered experiences. Think you're alone out there? Think you're the only one whose ex hooked up with your mom or whose last date ended up being a catfish? Think again. Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back for another episode of Seeing Other People. I don't know if you can hear it, but I'm like smiling right now as I'm speaking, because I am with two very, very, very special people. We have my like childhood best friend. It's funny. I feel like you're forever. You were like my camp best friend. But now when I describe you to people, you're my just childhood best friend. I think I described you last night as being like, well, we did meet at camp, but we grew up 15 minutes from each other. So at this point, we're just life friends. Exactly. Yes. Life friends is a great way to put it. Um, But Julia... Welcome to Seeing Other People. (laughs) Thank you. I'm so honored to be here. And with us, we have Luke, Julia's wonderful fiance and the father of dog, Walter, who you guys can't see, but is adorable. So happy to be here. So I'm so excited. We're in Los Angeles right now where Julia and Luke moved out to a little bit ago and just here for a cozy, chill weekend. And we've talked about doing an episode, the three of us, for a long time, and now it's finally happening. So... We're going to talk all about a lot of things. Um, one of the things is that Julia is uh, doing her medical school residency out here in LA. And forever, I've been getting questions about how to date when you have a demanding job or when you're in a demanding program or in school. Similarly, I've gotten a lot of questions about how to date somebody who is in med school, law school, has a demanding job, et cetera. So we're definitely going to hear both of their perspectives on that. We're going to hear about their transition moving out to LA together. We're going to hear about how they met. And I'm sure there will be some really embarrassing stories about me in my single years. Julia was there from for it all. Like they're literally in the same room for my first kiss. Um, they're through it all. So we're going to hear a lot. How are you guys feeling? I'm so excited. A little nervous, but excited. <laughs> it's Luke's first podcast episode ever. It's Julia's second, I learned today. Yes. It's been it's been at least like a couple years though. Okay. Well, we're doing it. I'm so excited. How did you guys meet? I met Julia when we were both in Israel on separate birthright trips. And she was actually on a trip with a few of my good friends from Tulane where I went to school. And we were both going to Masada at this on the same at the same day on the same day, and 
we were going to meet up and then Julia was with my friends and she took a picture of us. Right. Yes. That was for one. That is technically are- how you met. For the record, I was there too. Yeah. yeah. Also at Masada that day on yeah. birthright. Yes. Yes. Very technically that that is the first time that we met and both of us would say that. Um, after that, Luke had just graduated from college and he is way cooler and decided to I don't move, know about that. <laughs> move abroad to Thailand and Vietnam for a while. And so essentially fast forward just about two years later, Luke had moved back to New York. I was already in New York after college and we matched on a dating app called Coffee Meets Bagel, which was actually recommended to me by my cousin. And I guess I had never really gone to my cousin for dating advice before, but I did listen to him and decide to download the app. So I met Luke um, in April of 2017. And I saw that he had gone to college with some of my close birthright friends, but I was very much in the spirit of not having like preconceived notions before I went on a date. So I decided not to tell them because I was afraid if I said, oh, I'm going on a date with this guy, Luke, that I didn't know what they were going to say. And I wanted to make my own opinion. So when we got there, after Luke showed up uh, late, then (laughs) we... How late is late? five minutes no more i had to get a haircut (laughs) yes and uh we very quickly put together that we had this one really close mutual friend and then we were like oh we actually met before on birthright and ever since then it's been really awesome to kind of share those mutual friends as well as have luke in my life and the date our first date it was at wilfie and nell yes in the west village Mm -hmm. yeah and the whole time, I didn't really think Julia was very interested in me for a few different reasons. One was like, I went there hungry thinking we'd like order dinner. <laughs> and I was like, okay, let's get some food. And she was like, no, I, I already ate. Full. I'll only have one drink. I was nervous before going on dates and I knew I'd be drinking. So I would always make like penne pasta. And I, my my roommate could confirm this fact. And so I would make penne pasta so that way I had some like good carbs going into a night of drinking. Honestly, smart. Which later I would learn that mm-hmm. carbs and alcohol, actually not a good combination, but oh, I yeah. didn't it, is, Are time. you supposed to do protein? Yeah, protein. Because, eggs. Yes. Eggs is the best Guys, combo the with alcohol. the doctor in the house. Doctor in the house. Yeah, because it's the same enzymes or in Different your body enzymes. that break down the same thing. Yeah. So basically, <laughs> without getting too technical, the liver is involved in both of those things. It's different enzymes, but essentially car- alcohol is a carb and trying to break it down is like in competition with whatever like actual carbs you were eating. Got it. So that's why we want plain grilled chicken or eggs when we get home at 3 a.m. Anyways, back to why Luke didn't <laughs> think I liked him. But anyway, so we have this date where I'm sitting there with Julia who doesn't want any food, who is... <laughs> Already had her one drink, and <laughs> I, I doesn't. Th- I just don't think she's very interested in me. She's talking a lot, which is classic. just classic Julia. I have learned, which is wonderful. It's a thing that I love about <laughs> you. <laughs> um, but we end this date, and I was commuting to the city from New Jersey at the time, and I was hoping to catch a train from Penn Station. And for whatever reason, we decide to walk from the bar to from in the west village to penn station 
which is not a thing many people often do, like that distance. And that's when I would say we really started to hit it off. Yeah, I think if it weren't for the walk, I think we still maybe would have gone out again, but I, the I don't know, like the walk like really solidified it. Yes. I don't even remember what we talked about. Books. You? Books. We talked about books. <laughs> I, I yeah. don't have more detail than that. And I remember saying goodbye to you and there wasn't a train for like 45 minutes or something. Like I totally missed the train. And I remember I leaned in to kiss you and you weren't expecting it at all. No. But you accepted the kiss. I did. I did accept. You did. How was yeah. the first kiss? Oh, it was amazing. It was Aww. great. It was well, amazing. I. What did you say? What did I say? I don't remember. To your mom and your best friend? Oh, right <laughs> after I, I called like, my best friend, I was like, I, I've never felt like this in my stomach before. I, I forget the exact words I used. Butterflies. But butterflies. <laughs> <laughs> but I things. immediately was like, oh my God, I, I feel something here. Aww. Yeah. And then we met then up I, the next day, which is a way that, worse story. I just walked around Penn Station feeling like a million dollars. You just had like a New York City romance moment. Yeah. And you're like, what is life? Yeah. I love yeah. everything. Yeah. Ah. It was actually the first time that I had been kissed on a first date. Really? Yeah. I don't know. It had never happened before that. Even like really People were good too dates. afraid to kiss you. Yeah, I'm scary. Yeah. They all thought you weren't interested in them. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> so we met up. So that was, I guess, a Wednesday or a Thursday. Friday comes along. We're both doing things with our friends separately, hanging out at friends' places, going to bars, et cetera. And we, and we think, hey, maybe we're going to meet up. Gets to be later and later. We're in the general vicinity of each other. We realize I'm in the East Village, I think. Um, and and I, I end up at a wine bar with a few of my friends after a, a long night. <laughs> Are you going for it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, this is an even... unflattering story. <laughs> it worked uh, out. And anything, yeah. anything you want to add first? Yes, actually. Yeah. Right outside of the bar, I ran into Luke's prom date who I lived on the same floor at, like in my freshman year of college, uh, unexpectedly. So shout out to her if she's listening. <laughs> she definitely knows who she is. So I get to this wine bar. I'm hanging out with a few friends. I did not tell them that I had uh, somebody who might be stopping by. And I, I go either to the bathroom or get a drink. And then all of a sudden, Julia walks in. And we're both like very, very drunk. <laughs> and we just start like making out <laughs> at this bar. Oh, My friends are like, what is happening? <laughs> and then she sits down at the table. We don't like, I don't introduce you. You don't say hi to anybody. And we just like make out at this table. So after, yeah, wait, so yeah, after that, um, I feel like, we were seeing each other like quite frequently, but we had to still bridge this like two month period where Luke was living at home in New Jersey and he didn't really want to tell his parents what was going on. But like Luke's not a very good liar, like not a convincing liar. And, and it's his, not like my parents would care. No, but they like fully knew because you couldn't. And I would stay overnight in the city all on the like time. Tuesday. Like, where did they think I was going? <laughs> Sleeping on the street, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. You guys are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from the best of the best, Jenny Kane. And yes, there is a discount, so keep on listening. 
You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere for everything all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform. And if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters are perfect for every single occasion. And I couldn't be happier when I'm wearing them because I'm so comfy. And you guys know me. I always choose comfort over how something looks. But with Jenny Kane, I don't have to choose because I get comfort and I get style. All right. So we have the discount code coming for you. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Seeing other people, listeners get 15% off their first order when you use code SOP at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code SOP, S-O-P. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. I'm not just a girl on the go these days. I am a chicken running around with its head cut off. Two podcasts, wedding planning, wedding attending, dog momming, traveling, and trying to eat well, move my body, and stay sane all at once is not a recipe for success. That's why I've turned to my recipe masters, aka Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat meals that taste delicious, make me feel good, and take a major thing off of my to-do list. Factor's meals are pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved and there are more than 35 options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie-smart, vegan, veggie, and more. Guys, I seriously can't say enough good things about Factor's meals. They take two minutes to heat up, which means I can pop them in the microwave between recordings, or I can grab a ready-made smoothie from the fridge on my way to a workout class, or I can even have dinner ready for me and Jake after a really long day of work without lifting a finger. It has changed so much and has really made me feel like there's one thing I need to worry about. And I feel good after eating the meals. Like they're so delicious and nutritious. You can order as much or as little as you need by choosing six to 18 meals per week. And you can pause or reschedule whenever you need, which has been really helpful for me with on and off traveling that I've had over the last few months and over the next few months. And you guys know I love when things make sense financially and factor meals are less expensive than takeout. So you save money and you don't have to go anywhere to pick them up. Factors roasted garlic butter salmon and their tomato basil chicken risotto are two of my favorites that I keep ordering on repeat, but honestly, every single one of their meals has lived up to the hype. And of course, we are hooking you guys up. Head to factormeals.com slash seeingotherpeople50 and use code seeingotherpeople50 to get 50% off. That's code seeingotherpeople50 at factormeals.com slash seeingotherpeople50 to get 50% off. I heard you guys had a great second date though. We did. We had an amazing visitor by surprise, <laughs> thanks to find my friends. <laughs> Julia told me she was going on a second date with Luke, and I don't know what I don't know what led me to do this, but I like looked on find my friends. And I was like, oh, I'm kind of nearby. And I just showed up. It was great. I showed up on their second date. There is photo evidence of it. And Alana and I like randomly last week were going back through a lot of like sentimental memories of our experiences in 2017 and as I was flipping through photos this photo was was one of them in uh Marielle yep what was it like for you Luke having your date's best friend show up and just sit down I was initially apprehensive but immediately 
was very cool with it. Because, like, I think I just, like, understood your vibe pretty quickly, even though you were very drunk at the time. And we, like, we hit it off really well. And it was really fun. And I was like, this person's awesome. Like, it made me like Julia even more. We had a lot of very memorable early dates. I had maybe had Indian food a couple times in my life before meeting Luke. And that was, like, one of our first dates. Mm -hmm. And now I'm constantly asking to order Indian food. Yeah. Changed woman. Mm -hmm. Yes, we did a lot of, yeah, we did a lot of adventuring. I think the very mutual shared thing that we both loved was getting everywhere in New York City by foot. So we spent a couple of like Saturdays or Sundays after going out, just like walking seven to 10 miles through New York City aimlessly and then just exploring along the way. And I think it demonstrated how we both like to spend our time in a similar way. I love that. Do you remember what it was on whoever's profile like that liked first, like that drew you to the other? Yes. You go first. <laughs> well, first I could just tell she was incredibly beautiful. Thank you. And besides that, there was a picture of Julia in Hong Kong, uh-huh. I believe. And, and that was my pickup line on Coffee Meets Bagel. It was, have you been to Hong Kong, I think? No, <laughs> no, no, no. You said, you said, when were you in Hong Kong? Oh, that's a, okay. And we had... I had this photo of a friend and I from when we were traveling after graduation where we had gone to this like big Buddha, which is this, it's a big trek to get to from Hong Kong. It took like a solid two hours. I mean, it's outside of Hong Kong, but you have to take public transportation and a tram and all these different things and climb up these stairs to see this Buddha. So just for him to recognize exactly where we were, it wasn't like it was in like the most obvious tourist location of Hong Kong. Although I thought, it is I, thought I was spot. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it was it was smooth. <laughs> I think what stuck out to me, I feel like notoriously boys are not necessarily amazing at picking all of their dating profile photos. Um, Most boys just don't have a plethora of photos to choose from. True, also true. But what really struck me about Luke's profile, and I've since re-logged into Coffee Meets Bagel and like screenshotted our early conversation and also the profile itself is that Luke and I wrote almost the exact same thing on our prompts. And the prompts on Coffee Meets Bagel aren't as, you know, unique as the prompts exist on Hinge and stuff today. But one of the prompts was like, my hobbies include, and both of us like talked about loving to travel, like having a passion for live music. And I mean, I would say to this day, like a shared passion of like going to see live music is one of the biggest things that we have in common. And I think the things we highlighted on our profile were pretty true to who we were. I remember one of our first dates we went to see, was it Dumpster Funk at Brooklyn Bowl? Yeah. Or so, yeah, I guess Dumpster Funk. And that was so cool, like introducing you to that kind of like New Orleans music. And I remember like you dancing in a goofy way like me. How many concerts have you been to now? Together? hundred probably. At least. Yeah. Luke did write them for a while, which is really cool. For a while, really like, cool. we kept track. Uh, we, Almost yeah. track now. I don't know. A lot. It's a it's lot. definitely yeah. it's definitely triple digits. Yeah. We'll make it to four digits eventually. One day. Yeah, you will. Yeah. Okay, so when you guys met, Julia, what was going on for you in terms of your career? Like, where were you at and what was ahead? Yeah, so when I was in college... I or growing up, I thought that I wanted to go into medicine. And then in college, it was kind of the first opportunity I had to explore other things that I loved. And for me, the other thing I loved was music. So I spent most of my time in college uh, focusing on that, both 
academically and from a professional perspective. But towards the end of college, I kind of had this epiphany that like medicine just was the right thing. And I didn't love music in a career context as much as I just loved it as a hobby or passion. So I decided to like take a little bit of time off after college to like figure things out. I traveled a lot. I had to take the MCAT and then I ended up taking a job doing research at Columbia. And that's a pretty common thing to do if you're like taking some time off between college and medical school. You do like clinical research at some big academic hospital. So I was doing that in April 2017 was roughly one month before my applications opened for medical school. So for those who don't know, the process of applying to medical school takes about a year. I mean, besides all of the things you have to do leading up to it, the actual application itself takes about a year. So that application opened, I guess, in May 2017. So it was before I had even applied. And I would say that that was a very like liberating and like amazing and fun like post-grad, like really amazing memories from that time period chapter of my life that was a little bit less like professionally focused than I think things became once I actually started medical school and continued on to residency. Mm -hmm. Did it scare you at all? Or Luke, how did you feel knowing that Julia was planning on applying to med school and planning on going? I had no idea what it meant. I had no doctors in my life. I knew nobody in med school or who had been to med school. Julia, when I when we started dating, mentioned this and was like, hey, like it's easy now, but soon it's like going to be really intense. I'm going to be studying a lot, eventually working a lot. And I had no idea what that would actually entail. You're just like, OK. Yeah. Cool. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. OK. You're really fun now. We like work. hang out all the time. <laughs> we stay up all night talking and we go to shows on Tuesdays. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. no, I don't feel like this is actually going to change. <laughs> And to be fair, I also don't think that I had an amazing understanding of what it would really be like to be in medical school and more so actually in residency. So I think even those of us who knew we wanted to do this with the with our lives in terms of our career path, there's still a little bit of like blinding unless you have a family member who's in medicine or you have a sibling or friend, whoever it is. I was the first person in my family to go into healthcare. So I just didn't really know what to expect. And I, I couldn't even explain why. Well, I could explain why I wanted to go to medical school, but what like prompted it when I was young, like I have no idea. So I was like, yeah, this is like what you do when you like science. And I think there's a lot of things you could do when you like science, but this is what I chose. Um, and I just kind of went with it. And I, I learned a lot along the way, as did Luke. As you were starting to do applications and starting to make decisions on where you were applying, did this new relationship impact the places that you were applying to? Because I know that's something that a lot of people deal with and struggle with is, oh, well, I just met somebody or I'm in this relationship and we're both in this one place, but I always planned on applying to XYZ places that are in other cities, other states. And it's always a matter of like, do I still go for those things because that's what I wanted to do before or do I immediately compromise and just apply to places here? So I think I would say that it depends on the person in the situation. For example, I think if you apply to med school at 27 and you meet someone, the pace of your relationship might be different than when I met Luke when I was 22. So it was a little bit different then versus now. And, and everyone has you know different reasons, family ties to a particular area. I applied really broadly, so I wouldn't say 
you kind of have to for medical school. I wouldn't say that like my new relationship made me be like, I can only go to school in the tri-state area. Obviously, by the time I was actually choosing where I was going was almost a year later. So that was like basically, it was actually already a year into our relationship by the time I was making the decision. So at that point, I obviously felt a little bit more invested, but it was it was just like such a long-standing goal. And Luke was such a like optimistic, go with the flow person. I personally didn't feel limited in my relationship. I felt like we would be able to figure it out. And it wasn't a situation where like I was trying to go to California and Luke was in New York. I think the furthest place was like New Orleans, which Luke would have been happy to move back to. There was New Orleans and Philly and then a bunch in New York. But honestly, like I, I agree. I, I think I was pretty open and, and supportive during that time. But I still think I firmly believed you would just be in New York. Yeah, and I wanted like, to stay though, in New York too, yeah. like indepe- independent of the relationship. Like I am so happy that I decided that moving out of New York for some period of my life was a good decision to make and I felt more ready to make it at the end of medical school. But applying to medical school only a year out of college, essentially taking two years off before going, I like was thriving in New York. I was so happy and I just didn't feel like I was ready to leave. So I wanted to stay there whether or not the relationship worked out. And had I moved, like, I don't know. It's hard to predict those kind of things. But I also very much feel like everything happens for a reason. And I happened to stay in New York. So for that was a huge bonus. Absolutely. So it was a huge bonus for me as well. <laughs> um, so you stay in New York for medical school. When does this transition of like, oh, my life is a little bit different now, my schedule is a little bit different now, when does that come into play? For me, it was immediate. Well, where were you when I started medical school? So right before Julia started medical school, and I'll preface this by saying, when Julia and I met, I had a, like my first quote unquote real job out of college. I taught in Southeast Asia, and then I came back to New York and worked in ad sales and knew I didn't like that from my first day there and really had a plan really from the day I met Julia to go back and travel for a while. And it ended up working out with Julia's schedule right before med school that she could travel too. And we got to a point where, where we were serious enough that it would it was actually a great time to go travel together. So we went and traveled around Southeast Asia, Thailand, a few months. Sri Lanka, Indonesia for a few months until Julia had to go back for school. And I kept traveling. So Julia started med school and I was traveling for a few months. Yeah. So when I started, Luke was in India doing awesome person stuff. And I was able to kind of like make the transition, meet people in med school. It was definitely like a huge change to go back into like study mode. Like I feel like I was still in the mindset of New York is so fun and I'm so young and I want to go out all the time. And so that transition, you know, took a minute to adjust to. Once I like got the hang of it, once Luke came back kind of towards the end of that semester, I was a little bit more in the rhythm of studying. And for the rest of the year, I probably was a little more stressed than I needed to be. But that's one of those things where like hindsight's twenty twenty. I would then learn that the second year, especially when I started my clinical rotations, was going to be much harder than anything we did before that. So in my mind, that was real, like the real pivot point where I was losing control over my schedule. And for my surgery rotation, I had to wake up at like four in the morning every day. And so if Luke was staying over, like he hears the alarm at four o'clock in the morning, like that disrupts someone else's sleep. And I would go to bed at like 
eight o'clock and I would come home from the hospital at maybe five or six and I would literally like study and eat dinner until I went to bed. So I feel like I it changed the time that we had together. And yep. that was a particularly hard rotation. But like in general, for all the rotations, like the schedule was always shifting. I wasn't always around on the weekends. And that was kind of the first time we had to adjust to that. I was living in a studio apartment on the Upper East Side, like two blocks from Wild Cornell. Shout out to them for having the best housing program ever. I had a studio apartment for $900. Um, they subsidized the rest. And Luke lived in an awesome apartment in Brooklyn. And when I wasn't at school, I spent most of my time there. And so that also kind of contributed to the difficulties in like seeing each other as regularly. Um, that's like a long distance relationship for New York. It is. What was that like on your side, Luke, navigating all of that? It was, to be honest, I, I pretty immediately understood how difficult it was just for Julia to deal with school and rotations and everything, but because it clearly was a lot, but I was also very immediately impressed with how she was able to handle things and manage time between uh, studying and the hospital and also her family and friends, which are all in New York and doing things she wanted to do, which to this day, she is still incredibly good at managing mm -hmm. her time and still like having, being able to have fun and have a life. She's very good at that. So I think I understood that, look, this is really tough and probably tougher than I realized um, selfishly, but like, I'm pretty lucky to be with a person who is able to make it work and still do things outside of just uh, studying and sleeping like some other people do. Yeah, I think... To each his own. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think having a life and social life and just like independence was always something that was important to me, like regardless of school. And I do think that like independence was something we both had in our relationship from the get-go. So mm -hmm. if I was not around on Saturday because I was on like an OB shift, then... Luke like had a million friends in New York and he did his own thing and he'd be like texting me on like a 13 mile walk doing all sorts of adventures around Brooklyn. So you were also good at like giving me this, not even space, but like recognizing that like I had limited control over the circumstances sometimes and you just are always doing things, always independent and able to fill your time easily. We also didn't live together when Julia was in med school. So I yeah. lived with my friends and we would have to like plan on either she came to me or I went to her or doing something. So if Julia had school stuff or work stuff or whatever, like I had my roommates, I had my friends and everything. So it worked out like pretty seamlessly. Yeah, I think the independence factor for on both sides is key. And I think it's really important to note that like you guys both made the effort. Like this is mm -hmm. where like, people ask, like, what does it mean relationships take work? It's like it is hard work to be in med school, have your entire life, like trying being trying to do a really good job in med school and having a relationship, having friends, having family. Like that is really hard. And it's also really hard, Luke, from your side to not just understand, but like be accept it. Because of mm -hmm. course you want to spend time with her. Of course you want to continue to do all the fun things that you did together. And yes, you were able to do that, but it wasn't as on demand as you would have maybe wanted it to be or as you were used to. So it does take a lot of hard work to meet each other where you need to meet each other in a supportive way, in a patient way, and understanding like, okay, if I'm worked up about something or something's going on in my life and 
as much as I want to talk to my partner about it right now, my partner might be in surgery or my partner might be in court or my partner might be giving a presentation at work. And I have to either figure that out for myself or lean on other people in my life. I think Julia and I both, I mean, I guess I won't speak for you, but like, at least I pretty quickly into our relationship, like thought of, I thought of Julia, like as my person, like that I was going to be with. And so all the stuff with like the inconveniences around med school and the long process of rotations and becoming a doctor, like was just that it it was a small inconvenience, but it never changed anything about how I felt about our relationship because I knew it was just a period of time. And overall it was what Julia wanted and it would be what was best for her and for our family and for her happiness and our happiness and everything. So it wasn't like I ever doubted anything at all because of that. But also... And I always accepted it because of that. Yeah. No, Luke was like so supportive and so accepting. And it's hard. Like it's really... Med school is hard. Med school is backyard baseball compared to residency. (laughs) Residency is like the major leagues. But um, it's really hard to be with someone in medicine, it can, I'm sure, feel isolating. Like, it can feel isolating as the person in medicine. I'm sure it feels isolating as the person not in medicine sometimes. And so I know a lot of my peers, like, wanted to be with someone also in medicine. And I knew very strongly that I did not want to be with someone else in medicine because I felt like there were a lot of things I loved in life outside of my career. And I wanted to be with someone who I could share those things with. And to me, one of the most beautiful parts of our relationship. I know I mentioned before was like just truly our shared love of music. And I could kind of like, when we had that time together, we weren't really talking about like random things that happened at med school. Of course I would fill Luke in because like he's my person, but um, we would also spend a lot of that time doing things that we shared in common and really loved. And I think that really like helped add like a richness to the time we spent together, even if it was, less than my peers are spending with their significant others. What about your peers or your classmates who were single? What was it like seeing their experiences either just like, did they feel like they just had to stay single or did they feel like they wish they had met somebody before? Like what was dating and that experience like for them? Yeah. So I kind of witnessed this differently with different friends at the time. And there's a lot of factors that play into this. One of the most important factors is what do you want to do in medicine? There are some fields that are so ultra competitive and people wanted to kind of put their blinders on, put their head down and just like focus all their time on becoming a neurosurgeon or like an ophthalmologist or something pretty competitive. And then there were other people who were like, I'm just going to coast. I'm going to do something less competitive. um, And I can, you know, take the time I need out of school. So there's like different buckets of people Then part of it just relates to like everything you think you're doing in the moment is hard and and it gets harder. And that was actually like some advice I got along the way was you can't expect each step to get easier because you like checked another thing off of your box in this process of becoming a doctor. Like each step is going to be harder. You're just going to be more equipped to handle it. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I think there were people who viewed med school as like really challenging and it is challenging. I'm not, I don't want to minimize that by by any means. It's obviously challenging. Um, but the challenge continues to rise. I see that now. Um, and so some people were able to kind of preempt that and focus a lot of time on dating. 
where I went to med school, I would say there was actually like oddly a lot of people who came into medical school with relationships already. Some of those didn't last and some of those did. Many of them did. Um, But I also had a lot of classmates who came in single who did subsequently meet people in medical school. Medical school is primarily pass-fail. It depends where you go. So there are a little bit different thresholds for like the amount of time you need to spend on X, Y, and Z. Um, And so I think people did try and like prioritize their life. A lot of people had been living in New York City for the first time ever when coming for med school. So they really wanted to like experience it and date. I don't think it would stop you from dating if that was a priority. But like anything in life, you're going to prioritize the things that matter to you. And Mm -hmm. for some people, dating and having someone to go through the process with was important. And they put that above other things. I love that answer because it sounds like it's similar to anyone in any other field. It's like if totally. dating is important to them, if if meeting a partner, finding a partner is important to them, then they will make the time for that. And I've gotten so many questions over the years of like, I met this person and they're in med school. Like, should I even bother? Yeah. I, I mean, I think if you have like a connection with that person, like you should totally pursue it. And if they give you some sort of signal, like they, you know, can't prioritize you over med school, then that's a kind of true. So if you're someone who is like really, really hurt by that and that is just not something you can accept, then maybe that isn't the right person for you to date. Or if if, you know that you need like constant validation, you need, there's nothing wrong with that. But if that's something you need, if you need to be seeing your partner every single night of the week, then maybe this isn't the person for you. Absolutely. So I think part of it is knowing yourself. But um, at the same time, I don't think it should like preclude anyone from wanting to date someone who's in a demanding field. Um, I think if you just like are honest with yourself and they're honest about their goals and intentions, like I definitely can't understate the value for me of what it was like to feel so supported emotionally by having Luke around while going through something that was challenging. And I like commend a lot of people who, you know, maybe feel like they're a little bit more isolated in doing that because it is really hard. And I I just am grateful that I had, you know, my person to kind of like cheer me on through it. Anytime. <laughs> Thanks. So we're in LA now. Yeah. That's different than New York. Yeah. It is. Like residency it. now. As you mentioned, that's different than med school. Yes. So how did we get here? And what was your relationship's involvement in that decision? I remember the first time I thought, wow, it would be cool to move to LA. And it didn't, at the time, it didn't even feel like a possibility. But it was one summer we went on a, on a road trip around New England. Like I think we were in Maine and we were talking about Julia starting to apply to residency. I guess it was maybe a year before she applied. And I don't know how UCLA came up. And I was like, oh, wow, that would, that would be really awesome, I think. California could be really cool. Before that, it seemed like that was never on the table. And for whatever reason, that was the first time it kind of came up as an option that we could think about a little bit more. I think it took me a lot longer to come around to the idea of moving than Luke, who is more spontaneous and like free-spirited. And he was like, yeah, why not? I felt like very, like my life was grounded in New York. I still feel like my life is grounded in New York. Um, And when I first kind of went through the, like when I first was submitting my applications in my mind, I was like, I love my med school. Everything has been great. Like life is great. I should just stay here. Like, why wouldn't I stay here? 
And for a lot of reasons that are not important for a dating podcast, I started to think about why it would be beneficial to like build my network outside of New York from a career perspective. Because, you know, medicine's no different than any other career path. It requires networking and it requires advanced planning, obviously, but not necessarily in the way that people think of it. And um, yeah, a, a lot of the same corporate things that you expect to navigate any career path um, also apply to medicine. So I started to think about how it would benefit us to go somewhere new. And it, I I didn't have like any one reason to go to any particular place, but as we kind of continued to talk about it, we were like, well, I mean, I guess California would be pretty cool. Like I think a lot of New Yorkers or a lot of East Coast people are like, ooh, California sounds awesome. Mm -hmm. So in October of that year, after I submitted my applications, we took a trip out here. We spent some time in San Francisco and some time in LA and going into the trip and honestly going out of the trip, I was kind of like, yeah, NorCal, SoCal, like both work for me. And so I kind of waited to hear back about interviews. I ended up interviewing, honestly, like all over the country. So it was really mm-hmm. a mixed bag. I think when I actually filled out my rank list for residency, numbers one through 10 were all in different places around the country. So it was really like up in the air about where we were going to go. But I just had a really good feeling about UCLA. Luke has some family here. So there was a little bit more reason to come here. His company is actually based in Orange County. So like for a lot of reasons, it just made sense. And weather was like a huge driver for me to want to move. Um, and like, I mean, obviously, of course, Alana's is here and it's raining this weekend. But historically, you can't really beat the weather in Los Angeles. Weather wasn't great when I came in September either. Okay, that or is. December. Or December. Yeah. December. Yeah, wow, December this is my third time. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe like there's one common thread here. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I'm always going to convince Alana to visit. Uh, yeah. Doesn't so we, take much. <laughs> we started like seriously talking about moving. And again, going back to like having someone there to support you. Luke was so, so supportive, excited, like ha- had such an enthusiasm about moving that I felt like I needed to have the confidence to make that decision. So I think that there's people who can make that decision without anyone with them. But for me, like having spent my whole life in New York, the idea of moving across the country to a place where I like basically knew nobody was kind of intimidating. And just having my like partner there to cheer me on made a huge, huge difference. So we decided that like we were going to go to California. Luckily, it worked out with the the match process and we moved here like June 8th, 2022. Yeah. So like a little over a year and a half ago. And it's a lot of people don't like to hear it, but I I do really like it here. Okay, well we are we're happy that you're happy. <laughs> yes, of course. We don't want you to be miserable. Our moms don't want us to be so happy that we don't come back. Well, they actually tried to like sell us on this idea of signing a contract that we would come back the day after residency ended at the end of like at end of June twenty twenty six. And we were like What was no. it for you? Nothing. 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 <laughs> hey, I don't know about that. <laughs> Okay, so did anything change? We talked about what your lifestyle was like in med school, and you mentioned like, oh, well, it gets harder from here. So was there like another transition period of now Julia being in her residency, and now you're in this new place, and now again, it's like your lifestyle changes a bit, but now you're living together. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because well, yeah. we, we had never lived together yeah, before. We yeah, dated for true. many we moved years. We across the country together, never having lived together. Right, exactly. I mean, we 
it felt like we had lived together. We had spent a lot of time with each other, with each other's families during mm-hmm. COVID. We were pretty much back and forth between yeah. our families in, in New York and Connecticut and New Jersey. And so I, I guess I, I felt like I knew everything I could know about Julia and living with her. Ultimately, I still probably learned a few more things, but we, <laughs> we see, I think we were prepared to live together and it was a very easy and natural transition, I would say. Totally. And, you know, again, Luke and I had spent three months backpacking yeah. in Southeast Early Asia in together. Yeah, like only a little over a year into our relationship. Yeah, spending, nicer digs here then. Yeah, yeah. like truly, truly 24-7. And most people don't really spend 24-7 with their partner for that long, like maybe ever, except for COVID. You know, that may have changed things mm. for some people. Um, but then moving out here, I like remember Alana and a lot of good friends being like, oh my God, you and Luke are finally living together. What's that like? And to me, I was kind of laughing about it because I said to all of them, well, basically everything in my life changed except for Luke. So moving in with Luke was actually the easiest part of this entire transition. It's funny. I remember asking you that. And I remember the reason I asked you that was because I felt like it's something I should ask you. I didn't think there would have been any change. Sure. Well, like, I guess... Julia just moved in with Luke. I should probably, as a friend, ask how that's going. But on the other hand, it's like you were just moving across the country with your best friend. Like, that's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It made the transition here way easier. I think, you know, for better or for worse, like, again, work-wise, I have a lot less control over my schedule, certainly, than the average person my age, even less than I had in medical school. You and so. Me. <laughs> yeah, yes, definitely. Definitely. Obviously, I, I, I yearn for that. But um, having kind of less control over it, you know, poses its own challenges. So sometimes early on, I like felt guilty about the hours I was working because like Luke was still kind of getting on his feet and whatnot. However, his company then opened an office in LA. His cousins are around his age and live nearby. So there were like things that were helping the situation a lot too. And I feel like in every free moment we have had, we've continued to explore this city. Yeah. Do you think there's been one thing, like one common thread throughout your relationship in terms of like characteristics or personality traits that has helped you guys make it through all of these big transitions and stages together? And a few examples like, communication, patience, respect, like, is there one thing, trust, whatever it may be that, and your answers could be different, but one thing that you think has helped lead you through all of these stages? Julia is so, well, a few, she's many things, but she is so, you said it, she's so communicative. We we don't get in like big blowout fights. We're, we're never like yelling at each other. If God, there's no. ever, <laughs> if there's ever like an issue that could arise or even has arisen, if I did something wrong or something like we just talk about it and we just like discuss it. It's like, okay, understood, whatever. And yeah, I think just communication there. And I think it's made me a more communicative person and better partner in a lot of ways. And that has made transition, especially to moving out here, um, much easier than it could have been. Totally. I think that as we've gotten older and as we've been together longer, because we're coming up on seven (laughs) years, yeah, in just a couple months, um, in that way, like we've really like, you know, honed our communication skills a lot, gotten a lot better to the point where like, 
we can bring something up and it doesn't, it's like, oh, you said this thing and it upset me a little bit instead of, you know, things piling up and like having a whole discussion about X, Y, and Z. But I also think that Luke and I share certain things in common, obviously like a lot of values and things that I think are important in a relationship. But from a personality standpoint, I also think we're very different. And I think Mm -hmm. that kind of helps in a lot of ways where Luke is much much more easily able to express his emotions than I feel like I'm able to. But being around someone who is comfortable expressing their emotions makes me feel like I have a safer space to do the same thing. And I feel like residency has challenged me even, you know, more than I think I like realistically anticipated. And it's nice to have someone who's like really there as a sounding board and very emotionally supportive in that way. What's your favorite thing about each other? I I don't know if I could pick one thing. Good start. But <laughs> <laughs> I am, I guess Julia and I, she, all, she already said this, like we're, we're different in a lot of ways. We're also very similar. But I think even where we're similar, it's also different, like, I'm not even sure how to put any of this into words, but I guess like any kind of interest Julia has or she, I'm sorry, I'm trying to put it into words. Um, Help, I'm helping you prep for your vows. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's good. I need to work on those, definitely. Um, Julia's like, for being a pretty type A person. Understatement. She's like, yeah, she's like also a little type B because like I'm more type B for sure, but she's like pretty down to do a lot of things and she's very because i would say in our relationship i'm the adventurous person yeah but usually when i like bring up an idea or something she's very open to it and excited and wants to do things and has a similar love for exploring and learning that i do that we have in common that is expressed in travel and music and those are the two ways i would say the most that they're expressed um yeah i'll start with that I like that. Um, Similar but different. I would say that Luke is one of the most curious people that I've ever met. And I would definitely describe myself as someone who is academic, who likes to learn new things. And Luke just has like such a curiosity for everything, like well beyond anything I could ever imagine out of my own, you know, like academic interest to the point, like perfect example, when we were backpacking in Sri Lanka, we were in Colombo, like the capital of Sri Lanka. <laughs> the country's like really well known for tea. And it just so happened that at that time, there was like the largest Jehovah's Witness uh, oh, yeah. conference in the entire world. And of course. we were at this like famous tea place, sitting upstairs, trying all the different teas. And like Luke just disappears initially to the bathroom and like five minutes go by, 10 minutes go by, 20 minutes go by. And I'm like, is he alive? Like what happened? And so I go downstairs and Luke is like engrossed in conversation with like four women at a table about like their background of becoming Jehovah's Witnesses and how they found their way to this conference. And he like, it wasn't, it was so genuine. Like it was so genuine that he wanted to learn about these women and learn about what it means to be a part of the Jehovah's Witness community And I just think that's like such a beautiful thing to like go through life, like everything around you is like a learning opportunity. This is someone who like I bought him a subscription to the New Yorker for his birthday and he literally has continued to be like, that was the best thing ever. Like I love reading the New Yorker. Like he just seeks out all of these different 
intellectual avenues and I like that. Julia like understands me in a way that I don't think until I met her or even to this day that I understood or understand myself. Like I would like even just that the the New Yorker. I never like now that I've had the New Yorker for a year, I, I don't know how I didn't read the New Yorker before that. And in different examples like that where she's always always like understanding or realizing something about myself or how I'm feeling that I couldn't have even put into words. And that is also helpful with our communication. Because sometimes I, I get moody. I mean, we we all do. We all get moody, but I, I get moody, definitely. And like, it never turns into, like I said before, it never turns into a fight or anything. Like she knows if I'm feeling a certain way or whatever. I also I appreciate it. find that Julia knows more about me than I know about me. And Julia, I think it's interesting what you pointed out about Luke's curiosity and just desire to learn and talk to whoever he can to gain insight into their experience because that's how I view you. I'm I'm honored. I'm flattered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do like, like I said, like I do like learning and exploring, but Luke like has brought it to a different level or he's like challenged me to bring that to a different level in terms of like just other cultures, other foods, other ways about like looking at the world and we agree on a lot of things but like we're constantly having like interesting political debates like for the sake of the enjoyment for the intellectual exercise not because we like have fundamental disagreements over general things and yeah I it's nice to be with someone who like challenges you in in general and then particularly maybe in an area where you enjoy being challenged yeah I love it. Okay. Well, this is seeing other people. So I have one final question for each of you. Get ready. Strap okay. in. What is the best piece of dating or relationship advice you've ever received? The thing that kills me is I've listened to so many episodes and I knew this was coming. I was in the car the other week driving, listening to you ask this question. And I was like, damn, if I'm ever on seeing other people, I got to come equipped with an answer. <laughs> Yikes. My mom said this to me. A, long, a very long time ago in, in relation to like Julia and I, I just started dating and I've, I won't get into the context of it, but in short, she was just like, let yourself be happy. And pretty much immediately after that, I was like, yeah, I hear that. And I think at least for me, it was a good, uh, it, it, I think I just un- immediately understood that i mean it's very simple it's like yeah like something's good feel it be happy and just like go with that i love that that's something that's really hard to do i remember yeah. like the first like six nine twelve months of my relationship with jake i was just waiting for the other shoe to drop I'm like i can't <laughs> just be happy like that's never happened before right. yeah and i think that's something that a lot of people need to be reminded about you got this jules it's almost like backwards dating advice more than it is like (laughs) traditional dating advice but I feel like so much people put so much pressure on this idea of like their soulmate like this person who has to be there everything and by all means like finding that person you should be with like when you know like it it sticks and that's really special um but I think like it's healthy to lean on different people in your life for different things. And there's a lot of things that you're going to lean on your partner for, but you have to remember that there are other avenues for certain feelings and certain things that you can have your family for, your friends for. And 
I think it's healthy to not put all of the pressure on that one person. And it kind of helps you retain a lot of like that like special early on, you know, butterflies romance that you have if you're not like focusing on every every negative or whatever feeling that you're experiencing putting on that person. So remember like your support system is a lot of people and your partner is, you know, central to those roots, but it should grow in more than one way. Yeah, 100%. Guys. <laughs> also, what you guys can't see since we didn't film this one is Walter. So Walter is their like, oh. four and a half month old mini dachshund. I love him. Adorable, <laughs> long haired, softest, most angelic baby boy ever has just been sitting on Luke's lap completely asleep this entire time. And Luke's just like playing with him, petting him, flopping his ears, and he's just out mm-hmm. for the count. He's Luke's third arm. He yeah. is. He is. <laughs> so I wish he could boy. chime in and share what he's learned about love and life in his four and a half months on this planet. But unfortunately, he's a little too sleepy for that. If he could say something, it would be that he likes to make out with every person that enters the house. No, I've never experienced <laughs> anything like it. Like Barkley like licks and gives kisses and like every dog licks and gives kisses. Walter wants to passionately make out with you. <laughs> He'll put his paws on your face. So yeah, he can, like, like hold, hold your lips. You yeah. More stable. And like tries to stick his tongue in your mouth. <laughs> Like, not too fast. Not too slow. It's like, he's got good form. I got to give it to him. I know. Only child. He's bold. Yeah. You guys, this has been incredible. Is there anything I didn't ask you about that you were hoping to share? I just feel so incredibly lucky to be with my person. I don't know. What we're doing what else public vows on seeing other people. No, this is so special getting to be here with Luke. And my best friend is awesome and i hope that listeners get to that something we said resonates with them whether they feel like they're in a relationship where someone has a demanding job etc um you know everything in life is transient you'll get through it i feel like i should have introduced you as my maid of honor like yeah that was a missed opportunity (laughs) she's half of my maid of honors yeah one half one of my two but um yeah i'm so happy this was so special and you guys absolutely killed it no surprise but thank you thank you thanks for having us so special thanks for listening daters i hope today's episode made you feel just a little bit less alone out there no matter what your status might be give your finger a break from swiping and hit that follow and review button instead and if you have any burning questions or want to share your own unfiltered dating stories reach out to seeingotherpeoplepodcast at gmail.com and in the meantime keep on seeing other people